Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Early Parenting Podcast. In today's episode, I am taking you through what I deem to be my ultimate guide to supporting newborn sleep. So we're going to be covering five of the most important things to cover and do to help to promote quality sleep for your newborn and to help settle them to sleep. So let's get stuck in. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast, where we help you navigate the somewhat tricky world of parenthood so you can love the crap out of being a mama. I'm your host, Jen Butler, and I'm an early parenting consultant and a mama of two busy, busy boys. Join me as I explore all things early parenting and deliver them to you in toddler-friendly, bite-sized lessons. Because let's be honest, your toddler is probably smothering pseudo-cream on the wall as we speak. I'll be dropping my hottest tips on baby and toddler sleep, feeding, boobs, behavior, and so much more. Are you ready to feel confident in motherhood? Let's dive in. So number one, my first tip to supporting newborn sleep is to know their awake times. So what when I talk about awake times, they are the time spent awake between either nap to nap or say nap to bedtime. And understanding what is developmentally normal and appropriate for your baby or your toddler or your child, all of these things at any given age is super important because it helps to guide when you need to settle your baby to sleep. Because here's the thing, most babies will not just fall asleep when they're tired. Some will. If you do, you have a unicorn baby. Congratulations. (laughs) I have not yet had a unicorn baby. And when I say unicorn baby, like it's just if your baby does need to be settled to sleep, they're just normal babies. Let this be very clear. But had I not known when my babies needed sleep, I would have had a very overtired, unsettled, unhappy, grumpy baby on my hands a lot of the time. So when you know awake windows, then it means that you know roughly when your baby needs to go down to have another sleep. Now, I did a whole podcast episode on awake windows, so make sure to go back and check that one out to get a feel for what your baby should be doing. But just to give you a bit of a gist on the newborn days, a baby from birth can usually spend somewhere between, you know, 40, around 45 minutes of awake time. So usually they spend their time feeding and they fall straight back asleep. By six weeks, that extends to about an hour and 15 minutes or so. By 12 weeks, you're looking at about an hour and a half. This is very much a guide. There is a lot of variety from baby to baby, child to child. But if you have a rough idea, then that's really going to help you guide sleep. So one of the other one of the other ways to support your newborn sleep is understanding their tired cues. So this kind of goes hand in hand with awake windows. If you know the signs that your baby is tired and ready for sleep, then this as well as knowing when you're looking for those, which is what you can use your awake times for, is going to help you to know when to put them to sleep. So tired signs vary from baby to baby and some aren't great at showing really clear tired signs just so you know. But when you understand what your baby's tired signs are and things can like this can be signs like really jerky movement in the early days, fussing, looking away from you, red eyebrows, pulling at the ears, rubbing the eyes, although they tend to be older baby signs those last two. 
Uh, red redness around the eyebrows is a big one. These are all signs that your baby is starting to get tired. It, when they start to get really grisly and crying, that's usually a sign that they're starting to get a little bit towards that overtired period, especially if they're crying hard. It's likely that they're overstimulated, overtired, and they're kind of past their threshold. But get to know your individual baby is what I recommend so that you know what you're looking for and then you know when to act on those tired cues. Number three, fill their tummy. Now, it seems obvious, but I know in this day and age, often we're on this mission to get our babies onto three or four hourly feeds. Like it's like this golden standard that we get them into this feeding routine so that we know they feed it. Seven and 10 and two and six, you know, that they're, that's, that's their routine, quote unquote. Now that can come absolutely down the track. It can. For a lot of babies, they'll never be able to hit that four hour window. And for some babies, they can hit that really soon but trying to achieve really strict feeding regimented yeah feeding regimes in their first three months isn't going to be helpful for supply and if you're trying to put down a baby who is hungry it's absolutely going to be impacting their sleep so making sure that you are respecting hunger cues and feeding to demand rather than to the clock is actually going to help sleep. So it's not even just from a, you know, nutritional standpoint or a breastfeeding standpoint. It's also going to help in them being able to settle down for sleep because hungry babies are not going to sleep for very long or they're not going to settle at all. Number four, don't put your baby down windy. Now, this is, I know that so many babies will have wind to some degree in their first three months. It's inevitable. We cannot avoid it. Heck, us adults, we've got wind. Like it's it's just a normal part of digestion. But there's normal wind and then there's the colicky, too windy baby where perhaps what's happened when they've been fed is they've taken in a gut load of air and then in turn that's leading them to go down with very unsettled tummies. So this kind of links in more with looking at your feed quality and to see like there is always a reason for colic. Now I did a whole episode on what causes colic Even if you've just got a windy baby and not so much colic where it's that extreme windiness, it's worth checking out just so you can get a bit of an idea about if you do have a windy baby that is then impacting sleep or causing them to wake earlier, then you can understand and do something about what might be happening so that they're not so windy. So make sure to check out that episode. But trying to make sure that we've given our babes a burp before they go down, that's going to be much more effective than putting them down and having them wake up and then trying to burp them because resettling a baby that's had a little bit of sleep is a lot harder than having tried to win them before putting them down and preventing that wake to begin with. Number five, help them relax and settle to sleep. So this is so important to understand is that most newborn babies don't have the ability to take themselves from awake to asleep without your assistance in calming them. So I am doing an episode in a few weeks where I talk about some of the most common myths to do with newborn sleep. We're going to crack a few 
codes and bust a few myths in that episode when it does come to that. But what I want you to understand is that it's up to us to help our babies wind down. This links in with how I was talking about in point number one, how knowing awake windows and knowing when to act and put our babies to sleep. This is what I mean is so that when we bring all of these things together, we're putting our babies down at the right time and we're helping them to get to that relaxed state to fall asleep, then that is how we help to support healthy sleep habits in the newborn days. It's not about expecting them to be able to do it themselves. It's not about expecting it to happen perfectly every time, but it's about knowing what the steps are. And if this is just an easy way for you to break down what is in your control when it comes to newborn sleep, it can be super unpredictable, the newborn sleep days. But this just helps to bring in a few simple steps that can help you to have some control over settling your baby and making sure that you are doing the best you can to try and meet their sleep needs. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear from you if you have. Make sure to come and follow me over at Jen Butler Early Parenting Support on Instagram. I spend a lot of time there, probably too much time on Instagram, but that is the place I hang out the most. And remember that if you are loving these podcast episodes, I'd love for you to subscribe and leave a quick review. It doesn't take long at all to do, and it would mean the world to me to see families who are listening and know that they are enjoying the episodes that I'm bringing. Anyway, that is all for me for this episode, and I look forward to catching you in the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the episode, Mama. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share the episode with a friend, with your mother's group, or tag me at Jen Butler Early Parenting on Instagram. The more that know about this podcast, the more people I can help. If you're looking for support that is personalized for your babe and tailored to your family's needs, then make sure to head on over to my website, www.jenniferbutler.com.au and check out how we can work together so you can move through motherhood with confidence. Catch you in the next episode, mama.